0: Okay, good morning everyone, a good Chodesh, Chodesh Tov. Please feel free to take a uh, coffee or a donut, even in the middle of our shiur. We're on page four, starting the uh, second Mimer, the Mimer Sheni, Emunah and Bitachon, of the Nisivah Shalom. Made our way through Mimer Aleph, we should be very proud. Our learning is, uh, as always, dedicated, Lila Nishma, Chaim, Shaol. And I appreciate everyone's flexibility uh, coming here, the uh, manager of the home we were meeting in. Said that we can't meet there for the next several weeks. <laughs> so, uh, what can I tell you? Amunah <laughs> bitachon, page 4. Emuna bitachon are two things which really are one. Emuna is really only complete when it's accompanied by bitachon. We use these words interchangeably, mistakenly. We talk about amuna living with Amuna, having Amuna and Hashem, living with bitachon, do you have bitachon? But they're two different words, which indicates that they're two different ideas and concepts. They're not interchangeable. The greatness of bitachon, of bitachon, we have a number of psukim. For example, a pasuk in your miyau. Baruch hagever hashem ve'ayah Hashem Right? It's not just a catchy tune. It's a beautiful pasuk. What do the words mean? Baruch HaGever, blessed is the person, Asher Yivtah B'Hashem, who will, Yivtach in the future, who will, what is Yivtach? Translate? Trust in Hashem. Places his trust in Hashem. Ve'aya Hashem Mivtacho. Which of course begs the question, what's the difference between Asher Yivtach B'Hashem, who will trust in Hashem, and Hayah Hashem Mivtacho. What's the difference between the two? Hold that question. Those who trust in Hashem, like Har Tzion, will be able to dwell there forever. The power of Bita'chon, It gives us strength, it gives us courage, it gives us power, it gives us bravery, support, in every incident in every, in every possible scenario in life. In order to understand this, Where is the smoch? From where do we derive a right to trust in Hashem? To trust that Hashem will answer our heart. So we studied this a little bit, just to remind you, when we began the class... Uh, a while ago, we started the Chazonish's Sefer Emuna and Bitachon, which is really numerous essays, most of them not on this topic, but some on the topic of Emuna and Bitachon. And the Chazonish defined there, we've said it a number of times, it's so important to remember. Bitachon is not, I want A so badly that I trust Hashem will provide A. I want so-and-so to get better, I trust Hashem will make him better. I want that job, I trust Hashem will give me that job. I want that spouse, I trust Hashem will give me that spouse. I want something trivial, I want the Yankees to win the World Series, I trust Hashem will make the Yankees win the World Series. From something significant to something trivial, bitachon is not, I want something so badly, and I trust Hashem so much, that I trust He'll provide that which I want so badly. Because if that's the case, are you really trusting in Hashem? In whom are you really putting your faith? In your interpretation, in your analysis, in your understanding of the world and what's best for you. I think this is best for me, this spouse, this child, this job, this home, this... I think this is best for me, God, I want you to accommodate, I want you to conform to my understanding of the world. says the Chazunish, that's not Pitochen in Hashem, that's Pitochen in yourself. You know what Bitachin in Hashem is? It's much, much harder. That false counterfeit bitachon, that's easy. To walk around, I want X, I have bitachon, Hashem is going to make it happen for me. This is my year, Hashem is going to make exactly what I want, what I need. This is a, that's a counterfeit bitachon. And you also set yourself up for horrific disappointment. When it doesn't work out, well, what happened? Hashem was supposed to make things happen the way you want. You are in charge, Hashem jumps to your call. So says the Chazanish, that's counterfeit. What's authentic, genuine bitachon? When you say, look, here's my understanding of the world, of my world. Here's what I think is best for me. But you know what? I'm not in charge. I'm finite. I have a limited view. I have a limited understanding. The Reboto Shalom, the Almighty. He's infinite. He's omnipotent. He sees all. If it's a choice between His way of doing things for my best or my way of doing things for my best, I'm going to go with His way of doing things for the best. And so, bitachon is, I will express my initiative. I will take my do my hishtadlus. I will do everything I can to pursue what I think is best. But in the end of the day, my bitachon means that whatever happens, I accept as for my best. Bitachon is komanda avid, rachmana latava avid. Everything that God does is for the good. Period. Sometimes it's painful. Painful doesn't mean not for the good. On Shabbos, somebody came up to me who reminded me that it's now a year... From when there was a crisis in their marriage, where it seemed like there was no hope, whatever the incident, which I'm not going to get into, that precipitated a major crisis that looked like it was the end. And this individual remembers saying, Bircha Sachodesh, Benching Rosh Chodesh Iar a year ago, putting entire heart into the hope that maybe, maybe, maybe there was something left. And because, to the credit of the couple who put in an enormous amount of work, with great humility, a year later their marriage is better than it ever was before the crisis. And in benching Rosh Chodesh Iyar, a year later it came up to me with tears in his eyes and said, you know, when I went through that, that was the most painful thing I thought in my entire life. And a year later I see that that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Best thing that ever happened. Had it not happened, would have been going through life with a fake whatever. I'm giving it as an example. Sometimes in life a year later, we're blessed to say that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Sometimes, the rest of our life, we look back and say, I don't know why that had to happen to me. That didn't have to happen to me. That was the most painful, unfair, unjust thing that ever happened. Ever. I'm not suggesting that bitachon means that we ever merit to get to a place in life where we deserve an explanation, where we come to an understanding. Sometimes we do, if we're humble enough and we can look back and we live life with appreciation. Many times, I think, we do. And sometimes we don't. But bitachon is not that counterfeit easy, yeah, God will do what I want. It's that whatever God chooses, I, do, I will pursue what I think is best, but whatever God chooses in the end, it's I'm so on him. Bitachon is trust. In Israel, bitachon is security. Why is it called security? You trust security to take care of you. Bitachon is a, a, a person makes a haftacha. What's a haftacha? It's a promise. I make a promise to you. You trust my promise. <laughs> It's all about trust. So, bitachon is, I trust that Hashem has my best interest in mind. You we'll You're going to take care of it? Betach. Trust me. What's the question? Betach. Of course I'm going to take care of it. Absolutely. And, and God is our parent. In the same way that we as parents do things that sometimes our children don't appreciate. You can't go to that event Saturday night. You can't go out dressed like that. You need to wake up and come to shul with me. Why do you hate me? Why do you want to ruin my life? Why do you want to cause me such pain? You don't understand how miserable you're making me. And you say, look, I hear all of that. You think all of that's for your best. I love you more than you could ever know. And I'm doing this for your best, even if it's painful for you at the moment. That's what we know as parents. So Akash Baruch is our parent. And he too does things for us that we say, why would you cause me such pain? Why are you doing this to me? Please. He says, I know it's painful, but I'm your father. and Trust me, I'm doing it for your best interest. the most powerful things in my entire life happened in Yom HaShoah when Martin Judovitz, our, our wonderful beloved Martin, who spoke and told his story. And when I asked him in that conversation, how did you maintain faith? How did you connect? And he said, and it's not he had like some, I was thinking about it afterwards, you know, It's not like he had some press agent who said this would be a great answer for that question. You know, let's work it through and come up with a great answer. And it's not like he was like, oh, you know, I'm going to tweet this. Let me Facebook this. This is a great answer. It was with such humility, so humbly he said, I lost my real parents. I lost everybody I knew. What was I going to lose my my one last father? My avinu unbelievable, It was an unbelievable affirmation of faith. So says the Rebbe in the form of a question, Who says we're entitled to trust that everything Hashem is doing, that He's Avinu Ma'keinu? You know, the, I look at our survivors. They, they are a they, they I shouldn't say a Machayiv because that's not fair. That comes from a guilt perspective. The, it's not that they obligate us, it's that they empower us and they give us support and strength to realize whatever the challenge in our life. Every survivor single-handedly went through all the ACERN of everyone we know today combined. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? We know somebody goes through one tragedy and and our heart goes out to them in unimaginable ways. Uh, Unimaginable ways. The loss of a child, the loss of a premature loss of a parent, of a a spouse, of a a car accident, a tragedy, a murder, a suicide, whatever it is, our heart we can't imagine. One. Every survivor went through that times everyone they knew. It's just, and yet if they can put one foot in front of the other and rebuild and have faith, they they are a pillar for us to lean on. They're a source of support. Yesh Lavar, Dine Amunav Bitachon Bez Chalke So, what is the difference between Emuna and Bitachon? Yesh right, Levar says the slonomer, Amuna Amunav Abitachon, sorry, just read that. Perish L'hamin, Emuna Perish L'hamin Bashem, Shubore Umanhig Lachola Bruim, Vuhulavado, Aso Asa L'chol Amasin. Right? This slonomer is borrowing from the Rambam, from. From who's the group who sing this song? I don't remember the Jewish music group. But the, uh, the Slonimer says, Emuna, Emuna is about Hashem's existence. Is it Tveikas? Mm-hmm. Emuna is Hashem's existence. Mm-hmm. He's the creator of all of creation. He alone. He created, He creates, He will create. Everything that exists, exists only... Because Hashem wills it. He's unique. He's singular. He's alone. There's nothing else like Him. And Amunah in Hashem's providence. So, Amun is about Hashem's existence. He is the creator. He is the first cause. We trace everything back to Him. He is the source of all. B'tachon is that within Hashem's existence is not just He exists and He created, but He watches from afar. God doesn't observe from a distance. God didn't create and move on. God is not just the Creator, but He continues to interact. He continues to direct, to supervise, he continues to intervene. And here, the Slanimer is alluding to the fact that, this is his opinion, not everybody agrees, that the entire world universally, non-Jews too, can have amuna. God is the source of all. But the notion of bitachon that I trust in my Father, that He's a Father, that is exclusive to the Jewish people. Shabayadu is abotchem Emunah, the knowledge that God exists, if you're unworthy, doesn't help you. It's nice, you have that knowledge, that's good. It's the correct knowledge. You've come to the correct conclusion. But bitachon means an attitude in the relationship with Hashem that says, You know, God, I'm so unworthy. I'm pathetic. I have ignored you. I've neglected our relationship. I'm pathetic. But I know I have bitachon. I trust that you're my father. You know, a child in a time of need comes to a parent and in their crisis, no matter how alienated, how distant, how much they've neglected the parent, in that child's kishkas is the belief, the hope, the trust that you know what? My parent in the end of the day loves me. I'm a piece of them. They'll be there for me. I can lean on them when I need them. Right, You intu- intuitively, instinctively turn to a parent, trust in a parent. Bitachon is cultivating within ourselves that Hashem is my Tati, Hashem is my father, that Hashem is my mother. Hashem is neither. It's whatever image works best for you. It's, no, it's egalitarian. There's no feminist motivation. But you want to think of Him as a father, you want to think of Him as a mother. We actually have one place, I think it's a medrash or Ushami, yushami, which depicts Hashem as a mother. We often describe Him as a father. Whatever you want. But He's a parent. Hashem is Avinu Ma'keinu. He's our parent. And as a parent, who no matter what the child has done, the parent wants to forgive, wants to see the best in the child, wants to go above and beyond for the child, the same is true in Hashem's relationship with us. So Amun is in the abstract. In the abstract, Amun is the conclusion of a philosophical discussion. Is there a God? Absolutely. We've discussed in the past, I'm not going to rehash it. The evidence that there is a creator, the evidence of Hashem's existence. Emunah is, I believe I have ever, the conclusion I've come to, there is a God. Bitachon is not just that there is a God, not just in the abstract philosophically, but He's my Father. It's not just like, oh, let's talk about human beings, and do we come from nowhere, and every human has to have a parent. Okay, good, I can close the textbook, I guess I have a parent, because philosophically, scientifically, biologically, we've concluded that everybody has to have a parent. But that doesn't speak to my knowing my parents, to my loving my parents, to my trusting my parents. Bitachon is knowing that I'm Hashem's child, and knowing that no matter where I am in my relationship with Him, I can lean on Him. Just like the mitzvah of Amunah appears in the Torah, in fact, in the first of the Ten Commandments, where it says, as the Rambam says, Yesodah, Yesodah, Zvamad HaChachmos the foundation of foundations, the pillar of all wisdom. Leda, to know, that there is a first cause. He is the cause of all else. And to know this is a positive commandment. And the Shlomer discussed this at the very beginning of the first mimer. The idea that this mitzvah is unlike all other mitzvahs. Every other mitzvah, I put a check. Shofer check, lulav check, tfilin check. Candles check. Moon is not just a check. Amunah is what empowers all the mitzvahs together. If you don't have a check next to Amunah, the other checks are really somewhat meaningless. But the first mitzvah, or the mitzvah which is the first of the Esaras Dibros, is Anochi Hashem Elokecha. I don't think I found it. Is Anochi Hashem Elokecha. So, within the first dibra, is the obligation to live with emuna, to go through the philosophical exercise, to come to the conclusion that there is Hashem. But within that is also bitachon. <laughs> to move a bisefer Eben Ezra, Sheshar Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, the Ibn Ezra, who I think was, they say was a son-in-law of Rabbi Yehuda Halevi, maybe was a relative of Rabbi, a cousin of Rabbi Yehuda Halevi. There's a big discussion. Rabbi Yehuda Halevi is the author of the Kuzari. And Dora Leo is doing a report on him right now. If you want to know more about him, uh-huh. come to her in a day or two. So Rabbi Yudah the great Spanish poet and scholar, he lived in, I think the 12th or 13th century, was the author of the Kuzari. He wrote many of the um, Kinos we recite on Tisha B'av, including the famous Tzion Halo Tish Ali, Rabbi Yudah the Ibn Ezra, Rabbi Avram Ibn Ezra, asked Rabbi Yudah Why does God introduce Himself to us as, nice to meet you, I'm the God who took you out of Egypt? What's more impressive? That God liberated us from Egypt, or, or that God created the world? Ex nihilo, something from nothing. We don't even know what that means, nothing. Something from nothing. We created something from something. You go to Home Depot, you go to Lowe's, you buy the materials, you create. You have a child, we're blessed with the chemistry to be able to make the child. We create something from something. We can't even understand, comprehend what it means to be able to create something from nothing. That's the greatest thing that Kaddish Baruch has ever done. It's the most impressive thing on his resume. To be able to create something from nothing. So why does Hashem ask Ibn Ezra to Buda levi? Why did Hashem introduce Himself to us at Har Sinai? Nice to meet you. I'm glad we're finally talking. I'd like to introduce myself. I'm the Lord your God. I took you out of Egypt. First of all, don't they just know that? They just came out of Egypt. They just saw ten plagues. They just saw the splitting of the sea. They know that He's the one who took them out of Egypt. Why doesn't He refer to the more impressive thing on His resume? I'm God. See the entire world? I created it all. You... I have a beginning and an end. I am infinite. Why does he introduce himself with the less impressive thing? <speaking in Hebrew> so the, the uh, answer, says the Salman is quoting Rabbi Levy's answer is, that within Emunah is Bitachun. Why did he choose to introduce himself as I took you out of Egypt? Because what he was saying was, I <speaking> am <in Hebrew> God, Emuna. I'm the creator, the abstract, philosophy. I created the whole world. I'm the source of all that exists. But I'm also involved in your life. I didn't just create. Right? As we've said so many times, the painter paints the painting and moves on. The architect designs the building and moves on. The author writes the book and moves on. Just because you've read someone's amazing book doesn't mean you have a relationship with the author. Just because you went to the Louvre and you saw the Mona Lisa doesn't mean that you know it's who painted the Mona Lisa? Da Vinci. Doesn't mean that you know Da Vinci. Just because you... So just because Emunah, you know that Hashem created everything, and you can admire His Canadian Rockies and, and the Alps and the Grand Canyon, doesn't mean that you know Him. So that's why Hashem says, no, you do know Me. Not just Anochi Hashem kecha. It's not just emuna. Don't just come to the conclusion, I exist in the abstract, and wow, you've admired My creation. But Hashem Hotei Sicha Me'eriz Mitzrayim. I'm involved in your life. I took you out of Egypt. That was me. I was there right behind you. I chose you. Even while you were yet unworthy. and This is so relevant to right now, the period in which we find ourselves between Pesach and Shavuos. When we left Egypt, we were unworthy. We were saturated in the 49th level of Tumah. The decadence, the depravity, the licentiousness, the immorality, the corruption of Egypt had left its impact on us. We too thought like Egyptians, we were walking like Egyptians, right we were We were corrupt in our thinking, immoral in our in our attitude, in our approach, in our behavior and yet hashem said you 're my children you 're my children i don 't care how far you 've strayed, what you look like you 're my children. I was reading a I've alluded to the wonderful biography of uh, Henny Machlis, Allah Shalom. So, I think somewhat courageously, the family put a chapter in the book about her parenting. So, that's easy. Her wonderful lessons of parenting, Henny's top whatever parenting lessons. Then they get to the part about her off the Derek daughter. She took a lot of courage about her daughter who had been off the derech, And they write about it, and then the daughter herself submits something in the book describing her mother I thought this was so powerful for parents she says that she knew that you know what what does it mean she was off the derech was not just religiously she was involved in drugs she was involved in all kinds of all kinds of dangerous behaviors and she knew they didn't meet her mother's approval her mother was not shy to offer her feedback on the lifestyle the dangers of the lifestyle and so on but her mother had an unconditional love as a mother And so her mother, she describes that um, she once snuck out and went to a lot with friends for three days and didn't get in touch with their parents. When she finally came home, her mother said, you know, I was worried sick about you. I didn't sleep in two nights. I said, Tehillim nonstop. You can't do that. And she said, how was the trip? What would you do? Was it fun? Right? So that degree of the unconditional love. But she describes that, you know, her mother was a very, very religious woman. And she started wearing pants and started dressing less modestly. And when she would appear with her mother somewhere, her mother n- never introduced her differently than the other children, never shied away, never introduced her differently than she had when she dressed like a Beis Yaakov girl. And she would say, this is my daughter and I love her and she's so amazing, you have to get to know her. And she, she felt as loved and accepted by her mother, no matter what lifestyle she was living at any time. I think there's a lot of insight and parenting in that, in that. This daughter eventually, though not every time does it work out that way. Not every time does it work out that way, but we never also know. People's stories are not over. The chapters are yet unwritten. Um, and it's the right way to behave even if it doesn't work out the way we want. It's the, it's the correct nonetheless. Um, in her case, it worked out. But I think that, that when, I, when, when I see this in the slunner, it reminds me of that story. The being in the memteshari Tuma. So you're doing drugs and drinking, you dropped out of school, you're dressing immodestly, you're whatever. But it's a mother, loves a child unconditionally, wants to introduce her to this my incredible child, and she's so amazing, and I'm so proud of her, and so on and so forth. So Hashem says, you're in the Memtesh Shari Atoma, B'ni Bechori Yisrael. This is Beni, this is my son, my Bechor, the Jewish people. Even while we were in that lowly state. A parent loves a child no matter what state they're in. And that's the imagery that's the imagery for us is both vis-a-vis our own children and our own parenting. But also as children of Hashem, sometimes we feel unworthy, we feel alienated. We feel, you know what, I'm not perfect, I don't do things right, so what's the point? What's the point in doing the other things? We have to realize Hashem's our father. Hashem's our father. I think a lot of teachers have done a poor job of trying to create a Judaism which is scary. Do the right thing. Lightning's gonna strike. Do the right thing or things aren't going to work out the way you want them to. Do the right thing. And that's such a disservice. That's not Hashem. It's not the way Hashem wants us to see Him as a scary parent. Hashem is forgiving over and over and over and over and over and over again. For a parent, you know, a spouse, you violate a spouse's trust. You get a point where it's one too many times. How many times can they forgive? How many times can they be promised next time will be better? And unfortunately, their marriage has become irreparable. But parents, I don't know if you ever reach that limit. No matter how bad it gets, the parent wants to believe that the next time that the child says, this time I mean it. The parent wants to accept that. That's our father Hashem. He's never done. Next time you say, you know what, it's it. Turn it over. It's Rosh Chodesh ER. This is by Rosh Chodesh. This is my month. I'm going to behave. I'm going to start doing X, Y, and Z. This is it. Hashem says, great. I believe in you. I trust you, let me introduce you to my friends, the angels. This is my amazing child, even though they're in the Memtesh Shari Tumah. So, it's a total paradigm shift from relating to a God who's scary and punitive and accountable and going to strike us down and a a religion based on fear to a religion based on awe, admiration, and love. Shem loves us. The Christians took that bumper sticker from us. But that was ours before it was ever theirs. Hashem loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you. He's more forgiving of you than you're forgiving of yourself. He wants you to come back and do the right thing more than we want to. So no matter what our state, B'ni B'chore Yisrael, and that's the period we're in, that we should feel that love. We just came out of Mitzrayim, B'chol Dorvodor Chayi the Atzmo. We just came out of Mitzrayim, it's Pesach. We're counting down to Shavuos where we're supposed to be... The Orachayim HaKadosh says, how many weeks are there between Pesach and Shavuos? Seven, seven weeks. It's 49 days. So we climb out of level each level of tuma each day. And there's seven weeks. There's a beautiful book that Hensha gave out to our Muna group last year. There's an app. You don't have to get out the book. It's a free app on your phone. I forgot what it's called. Not only every day of Sfirah does it remind you to count, but it's a beautiful, literally three, four-sentence message of each day of Sfira, what the Kabbalah, you know, the, the, each week has a Kabbalistic theme, and each day within each week has one. So each day has its own unique theme that we're supposed to be working on and growing on. My Omer, M-Y-O-M-E-R. Go to the App Store and download it. Excellent. Excellent. I should get a cut. I've been promoting this person's uh, book yeah. and app every year. It's excellent. Excellent. So every day we're supposed to climb out. The Archaim HaKadosh says... Seven weeks between Pesach and Shavuos. Why? What does the number seven remind you of? Shivan A woman counts seven clean days before she goes to the mikvah. Shavuos is our mikvah. Why do you go to the mikvah? Before you get married. So the bride counts seven clean days. Then the bride goes to the mikvah. And then comes to the wedding. So we too, Shavuos is a chuppah. Hashem held the mountain over our heads. Shavuos is our chuppah with Hashem. It's our marriage. (laughs) they are astich li li olam. Chuppah is, Shavuos is our marriage. We go to the mikveh before the wedding and we count seven clean weeks. So these weeks are weeks in which we're cleansing ourselves, in which we're trying to be clean, in which we're trying to purify ourselves. That's why the the, uh, the um, korban on Pesach, the korban HaOmer, the second day of Pesach, is made from barley, barley flour. It's a korban mincha from barley. Barley is animal food, animal fodder. Shavuos is the shteh it's loaves of bread. You ever see an animal bake a loaf of bread? <laughs> only a human being can plant, can plow, plant, harvest, thresh, grind, knead, bake. All the 13 steps I think of uh, the Sidur, the Pas, only a human being. So the Sh'teya alechem is a human food. The idea is we go from the barley offering, from being animals, to Shavuos becoming human beings, in control, dignified, disciplined. So this is the period. We were on a lowly state. And Hashem loves us, no matter what. He trusts us. He believes in us. But this is the time to be growing every day, climbing, 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 because we want to give our father nachas, we want to make Hashem proud. Is there a greater joy in the world than giving nachas to your parent? Giving nachas to your parent. Mitzvah Samunes Hashem, page five. Kulalaz gam laham and begodal aflagas avos yizborach al amo Yisrael vichela kaamuna hamayvi labitachon agamor bo yizborach shemo. So, included within Amuna is bitachon. Amuna is philosophical, abstract. There's a God. There's a God created the whole world. He's the Borei, Umanig. He's the Mamtsi, is He's everything. He's the Yachid, God is the source of all, period. Abstract, philosophical. Within that is bitachon. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He's my father. He's my tati, dad. You know, when you talk to Hashem, when he started practicing his bodidus, I'm on a Henny Machlus kick because I was reading the book again. Yeah. I started actually on uh, last, Shab- last Shabbos. I, I, um, in addition to the Dvar Torah at the Shabbos table, I had my kid each read a, read a story. Each Shabbos read a story. You read a story, it could be honey Machlus. it could be uh, whatever other kids. These are real people. It's something which is incredibly inspiring. So she used to spend however many hours a day her davening. She also did an hour of his bodidus a day. An hour of just talking to God. I try it. Three minutes in, I, I, it's hard. It's best when you're driving. Turn the phone off, turn the radio off. Just start talking to Hashem. So don't say Hashem, say, Dad. Dad, you know you call your parent. No, how are you? What would you do today? How are you feeling? Let me tell you about my life. Let me tell you about the children, the grandchildren. Let me tell you about the challenge or how I it, overcame it or what I can give you, Nachas. Just talk to Hashem. Talk to Him. He's a, he's a Tati. He's our father. He's our mother. Talk to Hashem as a as a parent. Saimuna is the abstract. Bitachon is B'ni b'chori Yisrael. Wherever we think we are, whatever level we think we're on, however unworthy we feel, B'ni b'chori Yisrael. We're not on a lower level than the Jews were coming out of Egypt. And Hashem, at that moment, called them B'ni b'chori Yisrael. And that's what He does for us as well. The lefarish al ta'inus la lo y'aminu li, lo yishmu bekoli ki amru lo Hashem. When God taps Moshe and says Go, you're going to be the ambassador To take them out of Egypt Moshe says, nah, they're not going to believe it They're not going to accept it How could it be? These were the children of Avram Avinu (laughs) True, they're on a low level in Egypt But these are, come on They didn't have a Muna. How could it be? How could Moshe accuse them of that? (laughs) אך אינן פרושו שימכין בבד דאימא מ' מין דמי בקדוש ברוך הוא אין לא מצהילו קאמונה שימא אמ ו' ניפקר קדוש ברוך הוא אויו ו' אסם אך אינן יום ל' ל' נירא ילאח א' שמע ל' Amazing. So, what's pshat when Moshe accuses the Jewish people? They don't believe. What do you mean they don't believe? These are the children of Avraham, and Yaakov. How could you accuse them of not believing? Says the Slanimur, they had emuna; they knew there was a God. He created the whole world, but Hashem had not yet said, "Beni b'chori Yisrael, you're my child, you're my b'chor." They didn't have the Bitachon, because they had not yet been given the promise. The Havtacha of bitachon, I'll always be there with you. And that's why they reacted that way. And he ends this section, and we end with this unbelievable statement. We say someone who doesn't believe, we call them a kofir. And Abi is a kofir, a heretic. You're a heretic, you don't believe in God. Says the Slonimer, quoting the Sefer Basayin and the Rebbe that, you know, if you believe in God, but you don't believe it's involved in your life, you're also a heretic. You think that you've reached this wonderful level that you believe there's a God, He created the world. I imagine there's a something bigger than myself out there, but if you don't recognize that He just doesn't out—not just out there, but He's in your life—that's also a form of heresy, because for us as Jews, it's not just emuna. There's a bitachon within the emuna. It's emuna u bitachon. It's not only that Hashem exists, but to know that parking spot, the red light, the job the what, the, everything that works out doesn't work out, things go well the way they're supposed to don't go the way they're supposed to, it's all from Hashem it's all for a reason it's all Gam there is a reason, there's a reason we begin to flip out, we begin to get angry and then we realize, it's what's meant to be, it's what's meant to be so a dear friend of mine was flying back last night, and they printed on his ticket a uh, time of the flight and then he got to the gate half hour before that time and the plane had been loaded and the door was locked. They said, I'm sorry. The, gate was, the plane was still at the gate and they were pulling out. He says, what, are you crazy? This is the time of the ticket. I'm here half an hour before the time of the ticket. We're so sorry. We thought it was delayed. That was going to be the time if it was delayed. And they printed it on the ticket and we were able to leave a little bit earlier, so nothing we can do. He says, I'm executive platinum status on this airline. W- what are you talking about? So at that moment, he was describing to me last night, he had a decision to make. He was about to flip out on the person at the gate. It meant coming back two hours later to Fort Lauderdale, having to get to Miami Airport to get his car to drive back. It meant another airline where he didn't have status, so he didn't get upgraded. And he was was about to flip out. He was about to flip out. And he said, you know what? It's going to create a Chil And it's not what's meant to be. If this happened, it's because it was meant to be somebody going to flip out and make the next viral video against an airline because, uh, because they, they did something so at the same time he contacted the airline to express his disappointment and collect as many miles as he can from them which he deserves to do there's nothing wrong with holding someone else accountable but that's exactly the notion of what we're supposed to do as Jews we hold the other accountable we, we do what's appropriate we say look I'm disappointed so we went against the protocol this wasn't right I was, I was uh, hurt as a result so compensate me but in terms of losing your cool, you say, this is what Hashem this was meant to be. If Hashem wanted you to make the plane, the door would still be open. If the door is closed, it meant Hashem didn't mean for you to be on that plane. There's no end while well, the plane blew up and therefore He lived in it. Thank God there's no end like that. <laughs> Whatever reason, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. So when you live life without bitachon, you fly off the handle, you lose your cool, you make a scene, you get filled with rage, your blood pressure explodes, and you make yourself sick over those things. And when you're able to live life with talking, you say, Dad, I don't know why you bumped me from the plane. It's a pain, Dad. But alright, Dad, if that's what you thought was best, no problem, I'm going to try to get as many miles as I can out of it, Dad. But Dad, if that's what you thought was best, that is what's best. So working on this uh, attitude and approach in life gives us peace and tranquility throughout life, keeps us healthier, more serene, and allows us to be able to deal with whatever world throws our ways. Chodesh Tov, have a fantastic week.